Now, arson attacks, protests, roads blocked. That is what has greeted people fleeing war and persecution who have come to certain towns and cities in Ireland in recent years. Many, many other towns have welcomed them, given them the support they've needed and helped them integrate into the community. It's the same picture across the water in England. Amid the noise of protest and politicking, people in towns are welcoming asylum seekers and regard them as a boost to their area and its economy. From the English town of Eversham, our London correspondent John Kilrain reports. Uh, we left uh, Syria for a couple of reasons. Uh, first one is uh, not safe anymore. It used to be safe. Now it's not safe at all. So basically we came here just to save our lives. Maljuha is an 18-year-old Syrian refugee now living in Evesham in Worcestershire. Having come to England, he doesn't feel that he can go back. If I go back to visit... So I, I will have to go to army, which is some people have been now in army for 10 years and nobody knows where, where are they. They can't even uh, contact their families because everyone between 18 till 50 years old, they are taking them for army. And when you go to army, some, some people doesn't mind it. But when you go to army, you killing, we killing each other. Like just, okay, you go in army, you're fighting somebody else. It's, he haven't done even anything. So this is why I won't go back and I won't even visit at the moment. There was very little opposition when the local hotel in Evesham was taken over to accommodate male asylum seekers two years ago. In fact, it became a benefit to the local economy, as local Methodist minister, the Reverend David Haslam, explains. There was some talk that it might have to close down, um, but now we've got it full all the time. There is staff um, uh, getting their wages, there are security staff there getting their wages, um, there are providers of goods and services, the local laundry doing very well out of it and so on. So actually it's created um, quite a, a boost to the local economy. Um, and when people say they do here in Britain that uh, it's costing £8 million a day um, to look after these refugees, these asylum seekers, we say, yeah, but that money is all going back into the local economy. Reverend Haslam runs a welcome centre in Evesham for the asylum seekers. When the British Home Office decided to move the men out and to move in families, there was actually a protest by some local people. Because people put down roots, um, they support local charity shops, they come working in here, and they make friends, they go to local churches or other community organisations, uh, and they begin to integrate, and then um, the, the Home Office moves them on somewhere else, which is, which is not very helpful, and we're trying to encourage the local authority to say, people who've now been here for up to two years, let them settle here, they've got a contribution to make, uh, and we want them as part of our community. However, some local people are getting concerned. Um, I'm a bit on the fence with it, if I'm honest. I'm a bit 50-50 on it, but um, I think it's great to be able to help people out, but equally puts the pressure on us and the NHS and everything as well. Well, they're all overstretched, of course. The, the GP's uh, surgeries are all overstretched already, and then you're throwing an extra what, 50, 60 people into the mix. Dentistry, as you know, nationwide is a problem. Uh, so they don't know how they're going to be treated for dentists. I haven't got a problem. I know nationally numbers matter. You can't get away from that. Numbers matter. Um, we're talking, what, three quarters of a million coming in. 
over the last 12 months. That's a sizable city. So, yeah, that's going to be absorbed somewhere. Worldwide, there are 110 million displaced people, with potentially more to come from Gaza. Cambridge professor Catherine Barnard says an international solution is needed. Longer term, the question is, is the Refugee Convention still fit for purpose? It was drafted um, in the 1940s, in the post-Holocaust period. But of course, it was drafted in a period when there wasn't um, international travel and international communications as there is today. But there clearly does need to be some collective agreement about how to manage the numbers, the numbers which will get bigger. This pressure is not going to go away. And so you'll have states just trying whatever methods they can to keep their, what they would say, keep their borders safe. But it's also worth remembering that a lot of these people are absolutely desperate. And you have to ask yourself, what would you do if it was you and your family stuck in one of these camps or were living in Afghanistan or Syria? The experience of refugees in England. That was our London correspondent John Kilrain reporting there from the English town of Evesham.